Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season five, episode eight of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Dead Man on Campus. And it doesn't take long to make a guess who that will be. Yeah, Jesse is the dead man on campus. Not since Vicky have we seen someone so doomed to fail. Yeah, I mean, there was no way this transition was going to go well. And I do think they do a good job in this episode of making you doubt that. Because mm-hmm. I was like, once he got out, I was like, oh, he's he's dying. It's over. <laughs> and, but I was like, well, you know, he has Caroline with him. Like, it might work out. Like, I got to trick myself into it, but it was against him. And we finally discovered Dr. Maxfield's goal of his experiments uh, in everything I threw out. I didn't hit it. But you know what? I got close in a number of ways. In in what ways? I'll get into it when we get into the details. Okay. I didn't get the, the full reason, but I got some like basics in. Well, you got like he was experimenting on vampires. No shit. Well, and that he was looking at different types of blood. Sure. Okay. Anyway, we'll get into it. I also want to say that this is the start of the second chapter of the season. This chapter, as you might have guessed by the episode, is the Augustine chapter. Looks like we're going to be at Whitmore quite a bit more. As always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. Whitmore College, Elena and Caroline decide it's time to throw a big party, but their plans are interrupted when Jesse suddenly needs Caroline's help. At Elena's request, Damon comes up with an effective method to get Wes to answer his questions. Party, Elena finds that she and Aaron have a lot in common, and Caroline grows more concerned about Jesse. Meanwhile, Catherine does a favor for Matt and manages to get through to Stefan, who is still struggling to overcome the events of the summer. Finally, Bonnie does her best to cope with her new reality, and Damon makes a terrifying discovery about a secret society. A lot of secrets coming out, a lot of information, a lot of answers, setting us up for we are done with Silas. He's in the past now, bitch. He's in the ground. He's six feet under. Dead in the ground. We start the episode in Dr. Maxfield's lab, where we're finally, after weeks, checking with Jesse again. Yeah, because he's just been in there this whole time. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't touched him in a bit. Dr. Maxfield is talking into his tape recorder, as he's known to do. He says, preliminary report, subject 62547. He grabs a blood bag from the fridge, and he says, subject has transformed from human to vampire in 14 days. This was an interesting thing to to hear him say, because Mm -hmm. usually it's a pretty quick transition. But then we get the input of like the type of vampire, I think, is Mm -hmm. what we come to believe later on. We don't have that information now. But I did clock this as like, what does he mean? 14 days. Yeah, he had the blood. He's a a vampire. (laughs) He's been a vampire. (laughs) Dr. Maxfield hooks up the bag to like an IV to inject Jesse with it. He says indicators predict positive response to first bag of undiluted Augustine blood. As the blood starts going in. Jesse wakes up and he starts to like break out or he tries to. And Dr. Maxfield says, okay, uh, so physical strength is an unforeseen side effect. Uh, terminating transfusion. He's like, oop. <laughs> Jesse says, the fuck you are. Uh, he breaks out and he grabs the blood bag and drinks directly from it. So after 62,000 subjects, you guys don't have the restraints go- down and ready yet? Yeah, that's what I would do if I were working in this if lab. If I were doing tests on people that wanted to bite me even a little bit. I would have that locked down. If he's one thing, he's cocky. He's nothing but a blonde man at the end of the day. Who's been told he's smart and special his whole life. Guess what? A lot of MD PhDs out there. A lot of dumb ones too. The effects on his personality are noticeable and alarming. (laughs) 
Dr. Maxfield says, okay, activating emergency procedures. And he tries to go for this button. We don't know what the button does at this point. But before he can get to the button, Jesse stops him, growls, and bites him. And it doesn't look good for Dr. Maxfield at this point, but he ends up being okay. Bring the button closer. Maybe stand closer to the button. Worry less about the tape recorder. See, and this is what happens when you do experiments just hidden from things, because EHS would have had this solved in a minute. I don't know what that is. Environmental health and safety. OSHA, whatever. Sure, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Then we go over to Caroline, Elena, and Bonnie's dorm. Bonnie is taking a video to send to her mom. She says, hi, mom. I know we haven't seen each other or talked in a while. So I wanted to make you a video update. I finally finished my whirlwind summer tour. So she used the same lie on her mom. Yeah, but I don't know who she told her mom she was traveling with. I don't think her mom asked. Her mom didn't answer the text when she told her she was going on a trip. Bonnie says, I got a new do. Bonnie does have a new do. It is a bob. It Mm -hmm. is the best haircut we've seen on Bonnie yet. By a long shot. It's very cute from the front. The back, it's a little bowl cutty. But the front, she looks very cute. This is the least god-awful haircut they've given her so far. I know she was on the other side and she's like, when I get back, I'm getting a bob, bitch. I hate this wig. Yeah. She said, look, you guys clearly care enough about me as a series regular to bring me back from the other side. You are going to let me change my hair. Please. Bonnie says, and I'm in college at Whitmore where Graham's taught. This is my dorm. It's huge, right? It even has a fireplace. I mean, what dorm has a fireplace? Self-referential. I love it. They're like, we know this dorm is ridiculous, but it's a fun set, so we're using it, bitch. They said, look, it's cute, okay? They said, cry about it. You guys will all get over it. Oh, it's unrealistic? Cry about it. (laughs) Caroline and Elena return, and Bonnie says, oh, there they are. Hey, guys, say hi to my mom. They say hi, and they like hide grocery bags behind them because it's (laughs) full of alcohol. Bonnie says, you know, they're planning me a welcome party. Just something low key. I miss you. And while she's talking on the phone, Caroline holds up like a 24 pack of beer and pretends to drink it. Elena has a bottle of wine. He he he. Yeah, Caroline's like dancing, holding the beer above her head. She's so me. (laughs) Bonnie says, please come visit when you have a chance. She will never. She's not watching this video this far. Yeah. She saw hi, Bonnie and closed it out. Bonnie says, talk to you soon. Bye. And then we see her send this video to her mom and we spent a long time on the AT&T phone. This is the phase of AT&T phones where they all had like a bunch of rectangles and it's like a lot of apps. Yeah, it looks like like the Windows phones where it's like yeah. they all wanted to look different than iPhones and had these weird shaped boxes. And it's like, actually the the standardized app size was a pretty good idea from Apple. Maybe you guys stick with that one. They made it more like a puzzle. <laughs> yeah, it was like too fancy. So we see that because if this show's gonna do one thing, it's hawk AT&T products at us. Yeah. Well, she's got her yellow phone, too. So it's like, do you see the phone? Look, you can get it in yellow. You can get a fun color. Isn't this better than some crusty old iPhone? (laughs) (laughs) Elena and Caroline then start to joke around and speak from Bonnie's point of view. So Elena says, oh, by the way, I'm not a witch anymore because I died and came back from the other side. And Caroline says, yeah, I'm the supernatural anchor that connects our two worlds together. And Elena says, technically, I'm a ghost that people can see and touch. And Bonnie says, okay, I left out a detail or two. I'll explain it when she visits. And this is interesting because we didn't get confirmation right away that she's no longer a witch. Yes. um, Last episode. So now we know that this got rid of the witch powers. She's just a person now. Because she's technically still dead. Yes. So she's more of a ghost with a physical foothold than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Bonnie says, how big is this party going to be? Elena says, well, let's see. Silas and Tessa are gone, and you finally aren't. And Caroline says, which equals massive cause for celebration? And Elena says, which equals a massive party? Hopefully. I mean, since each of us has only made one friend in college so far. Caroline says, yeah, and given that my friend went radio silent after he kissed me, and your friend was last seen at a tea party for a vampire-hating secret society. 
And Bonnie says, oh, Augustine, right? The one who covered up your roommate's death and wants to kick you off campus. She says, what? I've kept up. The other side is boring. What else was I supposed to do? She says, yeah, I was listening on your conversations. I thought we all knew that. Aren't you happy you don't have to explain all these things to me? Yeah. Elena says, all right, so Augustine wants us gone. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It's not going to happen. We're moving on with our lives together as functional vampires. And then she turns to Bonnie's former witch anchor thing. I don't know. Functional vampires and whatever the fuck you are now. And Bonnie. (laughs) (laughs) Caroline says, and we're having a party with jello shots. They are just hitting all the boxes of alcohol. They said, we're in college, bitch. They have like three bottles of red wine. They're so real. (laughs) Gotta have it available for the girlies that want it. Exactly. That's what being a good hostess is about. Mm -hmm. Bonnie looks at her phone and she says, oh, shoot. I have to go register for classes. And Elena and Caroline like look at each other like, "Mm mm-hmm. Like they obviously compelled her class schedule. Because she's starting school a month late. Yeah. How are you registering for classes now? And how many times can you use this excuse? Yeah. Register one time, girl. (laughs) Exactly. And so she says, what? And they say nothing. And she goes to leave. And Elena and Caroline like, ooh, have fun registering. Caroline pretends to make out with a pack of red solo cups. Elena turns around and does like the behind the back move. Really funny. Really classic. Uh, Bonnie is like, oh, my God, guys. (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually going to go have sex with the old brother. Yeah. (laughs) So funny. Except- I don't know where, because I live with you guys and he lives with Elena's boyfriend. So we didn't really think that one through, did we? But, but to be fair, I was a ghost until recently. And <laughs> so, sex wasn't really an option. So yeah. we go out to, I assume, the quad. Bonnie and Jeremy are on a bench making out. <laughs> the disdain in your voice. <laughs> making out. <laughs> I'm so tired. I, <laughs> this couple is so annoying to me. This is the thing that's hard about this couple for me. It's like the first time they dated... I didn't ship them together, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I understand why they paired them together. Why are we doing this again? Yeah, it's just, <laughs> like, it just feels like they've been too stable of a couple for given like what they're giving. Yes, exactly. That's the problem is there's, it's too, we've had too much of them for how little I care about them. And I know they don't really, like they've had other people that kind of work for Jeremy, Vicky and Anna. Yeah. They have not been able to figure out anyone else for Bonnie. Yeah, they gave her her, like, mom's other son. Like, well, and, like, Luca. Like, they just keep giving her whatever black guy they can pull together. I mean, that is the problem, is they keep giving her whatever black guy that they are going to kill off. I mean, they're even almost setting up Jesse in this episode. And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's Caroline already. They can't, it's, like, it very much is, like, a little, like, guys, this is giving a little bit of racism. Yeah, it's not the best look. And look, as someone who is a Jeremy stan, I have to preface anything by saying mm-hmm. this. We don't really need so much of him on the show that he should be at college with them. Yeah. Like, if Stefan and Damon are in at college with them, why would Jeremy be? Well, it's also hard because Jeremy had a lot of stuff going on in season four. He was the hunter. Mm-hmm. He was, like, integral to the story. And right now, he's not really doing anything except hanging out. That's why when he died in season four, I was like, I think he might stay dead because, like, what other storyline could he possibly have? And exactly, I was right. They don't have one for him yet. That's why they have to have him dating Bonnie because what else is he going to do? Because also it's like, why do we bring this guy back? Yeah, because Bonnie brought him back because she supposedly loves him. Even yeah. though, remember, he cheated on her with a ghost. A ghost that I still ship him with, by the yeah, way. exactly. And no shame in that. I mean, I think we have to assume that Bonnie also brought him back for Elena. Yes, fair. But it's just not a couple I really care about. I just want them each to find their own person. It's nothing. I don't have anything against either of them. I just don't think they're like an interesting or good match. Well, that's the problem. It just does feel like these were the last two left and that we're sticking them together for too long. 
Yeah. It's like if they're just the last two left, like shuffle them around some more. Now Caroline's open. Even move Jeremy over to Caroline for a second if you need to. Just mix it up. Exactly. Give us something else. Like, I don't want Jeremy and Caroline. I want to specify that. But I'm just saying, like, there are other openings now we can play around with. Or, you know, give Jeremy a girlfriend in Mystic Falls. We have to have something holding us to the Mystic Falls part of the storyline at this point. Exactly. We get so much of them that it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, it's like we had some really substantial scenes this episode about them. And I'm like, okay, I just kind of need to check in on them as a couple. Like, yeah, I'm happy with them, like, just casually like hanging out even if they say like i love you yeah i don't need like a deep scene with the two of you they're just trying to set them up as like a big couple and i think the scenes with the two of them when bonnie was a ghost they didn't bother me as much because i was like well it's the only one she can talk to like jeremy's helping her through this exactly like dealing with this whatever but now that they're both alive i'm kind of like why are you like again as a jeremy stand i'm like why is she hanging out with jeremy right now it just feels like it would make more sense to set Bonnie up with a new love interest at this point. You're in a new place. Yeah. It's calling for it. And you know what? Honestly, Jeremy being with Bonnie is really neglecting the Jeremy Matt scenes, which is moving that storyline forward. And I think, so then I think it's detracting from the Mystic Falls story, which I know that like, we're not really focusing on travelers and passengers at this exact moment, but without Jeremy there, Matt doesn't really have anyone to talk to because Tyler's not there. Well, I do think the only thing that makes Matt's scenes interesting or fun to watch is Jeremy. Yeah. Like, at least I can appreciate their friendship, you know? Jeremy makes me care about Matt a little bit. Exactly. And now this episode, Matt has to hang out with Catherine and Stefan and Nadia? I mean, I know Matt's mad. (laughs) Matt's angry. He's like, maybe I should move to New Orleans. Yeah, maybe I should spin off. (laughs) Anyway, so Jeremy says, registering for classes. And Bonnie says, I know, I know. I have Elena's blessing. But I still don't need to rub it in her face day one in the triple dorm room. And then he says, we can always sneak back to my place. And Mike says, you mean Damon's house? Calling it your place is reaching, buddy. Yeah. And it's also, it's unclear how far Whitmore is from Mystic Falls. I think they've said like two hours. Yeah, I think it's like two hours. An hour or two. Either way, it's a long enough drive that it's like. You're in the car for a while. Yeah. Just go have sex in the car like a normal teenager. I know. Come on. Grow up. (laughs) Grow up. (laughs) Bonnie says, well, we're at it. Why don't we have sex in his bathtub? Or maybe Catherine could watch. They laugh and they kiss again. And then he says, by the way, this hair is kind of hot. I'm going to sell it, King. Yeah. Come on. I feel like they were like, we have to give Jeremy a line about our hair. People think he didn't notice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, they're kissing and Bonnie looks across the quad and she spots an old lady in a maxi skirt staring at her. Yeah, this woman could not more clearly be a witch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I was looking because at first you could see the people like throwing a frisbee or a football. I was like, are we looking at those guys? And then I said, oh, no, I know who I'm supposed to be looking at. Yeah. <laughs> the lady in the maxi <laughs> skirt. <laughs> and then we see Jeremy look over and he doesn't see the lady, but he sees everyone else. So it's becoming pretty clear what's about to happen. And Jeremy says, you okay? And she says, oh, yeah, I just I have to get to class. See you tonight. And she leaves. The woman stares at her as she walks away. And then Bonnie gets like away from crowd. She's in like a little separate area. She runs into the woman. The lady says, hi, I'm ready. And she touches Bonnie, disappears. Bonnie screams in pain. So this is what happens when someone dies, uh, which we saw last episode. So the pain hasn't lessened quite yet. <laughs> yeah, she's not quite used to it yet. Elsewhere on the quad, Elena is on the phone with Damon and she is handing out flyers, which is so funny because at this point we are in what, 2014, 2015? Make a Facebook event. It's a Facebook event, baby. It's the Facebook (laughs) event era. Why are you handing out flyers? (laughs) Anyway, Elena says, okay, I know this is going to sound lame, 
And Damon says, whenever you start with that, uh, it is lame. And she says, okay. She says, well, that's because I know how it's going to sound. She says, well, that's beside the point. Uh, This is for Bonnie. And you had a really big part in bringing her back. I think you should come to this party. Also, like, what does he have to do tonight? Yeah. He doesn't have any friends. What, are you going to hang out with your brother? Yeah, go to a college party instead of hanging out with your brother who is clearly suffering from PTSD. (laughs) And then Elena says, oh, wait, hang on. Because she spots Aaron. She approaches him. She says, hey, Aaron, long time no see. Here, you're coming. She hands him a flyer. And Damon says, who is Aaron? He said, that that better be a girl, Aaron. Aaron says, party in a dorm. No thanks. Do you have any other plans? You don't seem like the guy who has a lot of friends. You're, you're in college. <laughs> Where are you going to have a party? Like, go somewhere, buddy. Yeah. You're just sitting here waiting for your trust fund to kick in, so you might as well. Exactly. Elena says, I know what you're doing. You like to push people away, but the thing is, and he says, how do you know that about me? First of all, even if she didn't compel it out of him, pretty obvious. Yeah. You came to a costume party in a tuxedo t-shirt, okay? It screams it. That's not the behavior of a man who wants to have meaningful emotional connections. Yeah. He just wants someone to go, huh, nice, and walk away. Yeah. <laughs> Keep an arm's length. <laughs> um, she says, oh, because you told me that at the costume ball when I compelled it out of you. Okay. Uh, so she compels him. She says, forget I said that. Forget I know anything. We're starting <laughs> over. You're coming to my party. There'll be free beer, and it'll be good for you. And he says, okay, <laughs> see you then. And he leaves. <laughs> she returns to the phone call, and Damon says, that was an embarrassingly close call. Maybe I should be there so you don't spill all our secrets and make out with the moody mystery guy. And she says, the only moody mystery guy I want to make out with is you. Damon was fishing for that. Yeah, he said, that's what I wanted you to say. Thank <laughs> he said, you. thank you. That's all I needed. He said, I needed that. <laughs> and then she says, oh, speaking of, invite Stefan. And Damon says, speaking of moody or making out. And she says, both. <laughs> Damon says, either way, he'll never show. His memory's back and he remembers he hates us. That's not really the memory you should be focusing on, Damon. Yeah. I mean, have you seen how he's doing? You're about to get a front row seat for it. Yeah. I can't imagine it's your first front row seat. Elena says, okay, try, please. I bought bourbon so he can get drunk and hate us from afar. And Damon says, I'll be sure to relay the message. Hangs up. Damon approaches Stefan, who is sitting by the fire. And he looks normal enough from a distance, but it's pretty clear something's going on behind that very (laughs) stiff head. He's sitting really still in front of a fire in the middle of the day. That's not a good start. That's not a man at peace. Well, and... Stefan, anytime he's in front of the fire, there's something going on in that head of his. Yeah. It's never good. Damon says to Stefan, apparently we've been invited to a college party. Stefan says nothing. And Damon says, yeah, that was my first reaction too. Then Elena promised a bottomless well of top shelf alcohol. Who said that? (laughs) She said, I got bourbon. She didn't (laughs) say top shelf and she certainly didn't say bottomless well. And especially given the two of you, a bottomless well is like seven bottles of bourbon. Yeah. Like, I don't think she bought that much. Yeah. No, she got one bottle of bourbon just for you. Yeah. Let's not oversell it too much. For you to share. We finally see Stefan and he is like shaking, crying, throwing up, sweating, pulling out the chair. Sweating so much, gripping the chair. I've seen this. This is what I look like on a plane when it's turbulence. Yeah. He's thinking of drowning, as he's known to do. And Damon says, hey, Stefan, you okay? And Stefan says, uh, yeah, I'm fine. And Damon says, how about my favorite reading chair? Stefan notices that, you know, he's poked holes in it. And Stefan says, just tell Elena thanks, but I'm not really up for a party tonight. And Damon just walks away. He says, well, I've done all my work with my brother today. I'm so good. <laughs> then we go over to the grill. Matt is behind the bar. Who moved him behind the bar? Some manager's getting fired. Yeah. 
they said, you know what, let's just give him a chance. And then he's giving away like hundreds of dollars of booze to Catherine. Yeah. And he's he has his phone out like inches from his face. Yeah. There are customers at the bar. But he's watching the video of himself getting possessed by Gregor that he took on his camera. And Catherine sits at the bar and says, hello, Maddie Blue Blue, I want another drink. She's so silly for that. And he says, no, you're drunk and you're scaring the customers. She says, you know, you do realize every time you say no, it just makes you hotter, right? She's like, you know what? I'm a human. I might as well try something. Yeah. She's like, there's only so many guys available in this town. (laughs) And then she says, what are you even watching? Some Czech reality show? And Matt says, how'd you know it was Czech? And she says, eye contact. We're getting started. (laughs) She said, thank God I speak Czech. Yeah. She said, finally, that's paying off. Matt says, okay, you translate, you drink. And she says, okay, deal. She says, sweet deal. She says, what am I looking at here? And Matt says, so over the summer, I went to Prague, met a girl. She followed me back here. And then her boyfriend put some spirit thing in my head. And Catherine says, oh, dear, this is bad. Matt says, why? She taps her glass. She says, vodka. She says, did you already forget the deal? No, you're pouring this full full before I say anything. So he pours her a hefty glass of vodka. And she says, some guy named Kristoff activated you. And he says, what do you mean activated me? (laughs) Catherine says, he's a traveler. Travelers are a faction of witches, big on spirit possession. You've got one inside of you, and it's kind of like a human parasite that's hitching a ride in your brain. So this tells us more about travelers and what passengers are, most of which you kind of guessed. You did say demon possession. Which is essentially what this is. Yeah, spirit possession, demon possession. You did say possession, which I will count. I will accept. Thank you. I was going to count it regardless, but I appreciate you. I don't really care what you think. (laughs) As far as I'm concerned, I've gotten every guess right. And when you say it's wrong, that's just you being a big old bitch to your sister. Yeah. You just want to see a bad bitch fail. I do. Matt says, okay, thanks for the info. How do I get it out of me? This is great. Now that we have that much, like, let's get to the business end of it. Catherine says, that girl that followed you back from Prague, was she feisty with a little accent, ridiculously beautiful? Matt says, yeah, pretty much. Her name was Nadia. Why, do you know her? And Catherine's like, oh, Nadia. Catherine says, you could say that. I want to kill myself. (laughs) Catherine's like, why do I still have like jobs to do around here? Can't I just die in peace? (laughs) She's like, if this day keeps going how it looks like it's going to go, I'm going to kill myself. And it will. (laughs) (laughs) Then we go back to the dorm. Caroline is setting up. I do want to talk about the decorations a little bit. They've got a huge bowl of jello shots, ice bowl. They've hung little tiny disco balls from the lights. They've mm-hmm. got beer. They're set up for a party. And it is in the full common room of their dorm. Yeah. It is very clearly like the ground floor of whatever this building is, which, you know, we have to laugh that that's what they can have a party. I'm choosing to believe that they like compelled all the RAs to let them do this. Mm-hmm. Which, great. I believe that. It's a beautiful building. Why go somewhere else? Elena says, I handed out all the flyers. Oh, and Damon said he's going to bring Stefan. And Caroline says, funny, that seems to imply that Damon is actually coming. Caroline, on her anti-Damon-ish... She's got shit to say. She's like, no, I'm done having this conversation. I'm going to just get it all out here. Yeah. But before she can talk more shit on Damon, she gets a phone call. And Elena picks up the phone and says, oh, maybe a call from the mysteriously hot biology TA will help. It's Jesse calling. And it's like, great. We haven't heard from him in a while. Just in time for the party. Caroline's like, I am newly single. I'm having a party. I'm going to hook up with Jesse tonight. Yeah. So she turns on the charm. You can see she's answering the phone. She's like, okay, here we go. About to charm him. She says, well, well, look who rose from the dead. And he says, I need your help. Yeah. And she says, wait, what happened, Jesse? And he says, just come to my room, please. She says, okay, I'm coming. What's going on? And he says, it's a long story. My roommate's going to be home. Caroline goes. We go over to Jesse's dorm room. He's freaking out. The door opens and his roommate comes in. And who is it but Aaron? Should have guessed that one. 
I know the two guys we meet, of course, they're roommates. Yeah. But this does seem to confirm, you know, I'm reading into this. It's not actually a confirmation <laughs> that Aaron is closer to Jesse's age, which is about the age I guessed for Aaron. That makes sense. So slay me. Good work. Thank you. I was fishing. I could tell. Aaron comes in. He says, hey, Jesse, you home? Jesse sees Aaron. He vampire runs to him and he says, I am sorry, man. And he bites him. And he does when he runs. I remember thinking like, damn, he's really fast, like kind of faster than we've normally seen. Caroline comes in as Jesse is beating. She stops him. She pushes him off Aaron up against the wall. And she's like, who the hell turned you into a vampire? (laughs) She's like, what the fuck? She's talking to him. Aaron is on the couch, you know, sleeping off the attack. Jesse says, it was torture. I was in some cell all day. And at night, he'd take me out and do experiments on me. And Caroline says, what kind of experiments? Jesse says, he'd starve me, then inject me with some weird blood. And that's all that Jesse says the experiments are, because he's got other things on his plate. Yeah. Well, that's all he probably knows, you know? Exactly. He doesn't know a ton of information. He says, what am I supposed to tell my parents? Dr. Maxfield, how about you pick an orphan next time? Or, I don't know, send some fucking fake texts. Yeah. Like, you already kidnapped him to kill him. Take his phone and be like, hey, mom and dad, college is awesome. Like, (laughs) how are you getting away with this? Jesse says, they left me all these messages. They're wondering where the hell I am. And Caroline says, okay, you're going to call them and tell them that you lost your phone, but you're okay. She says, where is Wes now? And Jesse says, I locked him in his lab after I attacked him. Honestly, the whole escape was kind of a blur. I wasn't exactly in my right mind. He was in his right mind enough to not kill him and lock him in the lab, so... So slay Jesse. That is early suspicious of like, man, how do you do that so quick? Like mm-hmm. to not immediately kill someone. Exactly. When he's a brand new vampire that just broke out and had his first opportunity to kill someone. It's like weird that he didn't. Caroline says, well, you're new and you're hungry. And Elena says, not for long. I brought her a stash. She has a little wheeling cooler she rolls in. <laughs> she opens it and there's some blood bags. She hands him one. And he says, our stash. You're a vampire too? And Elena says, you say it like it's a bad thing. First rule of being a vampire is realizing how awesome you are. As though Elena didn't like almost kill herself when she turned. Yeah, Elena, I'm sorry. I remember your transition. That was not the first rule for you. (laughs) It was like pulling teeth getting you to admit it was even a little fun. Okay. Come on. Jesse drinks some blood. And then Elena spots Aaron and she's like, oh, how's he doing? And Caroline says, he's all right. He's alive. Elena gets ready to feed him some blood to heal him. And then Caroline says, wait, Elena, I was thinking Jesse could do it. This is why everyone should allow Caroline to train their new vampires because she's level-headed. She lets them do things on their own, but watches them closely. Well, especially lets them try things like healing someone you hurt. Like that's a good way to be like, okay, I'm horrible enough that I hurt someone, but I have the ability to fix it when I do. Exactly. Like it's a good way to teach a new vampire. Yeah, it's a good way to come to peace with the transition. Mm -hmm. She says, you're a vampire now. You may have hurt him, but you can also heal him with your blood. Caroline bites Jesse's wrist and walks him over to feed Aaron. Aaron drinks the blood. He heals. Jesse says, holy crap, insane. And then Caroline says to Elena, you want to teach him about compulsion? They smile. (laughs) So we go over to the grill. Catherine joins Stefan at a table. She says, hey, stranger, look what I stole. It's a bottle of bourbon. Of course. Stefan says, knock yourself out. And he gets up to leave. (laughs) She says, hey, come on, have one drink with me. Please, Stefan, I've had a bad year, clearly, and it would be nice to have a friendly face. Yeah, she's like, where do you possibly have to go? And Stefan realizes he has nowhere to go and he wants to get drunk. So he says, fine, one pity drink. And Catherine says, see, the universe at work. 
I don't know if you knew this, but our doppelganger stars are fated to be together. So like it or not, you're going to end up with somebody who looks like me. Although the universe seems to have all of its eggs in the Elena basket. But at this point, I can't really blame it. She drinks. (laughs) And Stefan is like, you are going through something. What is wrong with you? (laughs) And she says, you know, other than the joint pain, receding gums, and the fact I have to pee every five minutes, I'm dandy. But enough about me. Why are you all by your lonesome? He says, so I could avoid talking to anyone. Well, you didn't do a very good job of it. She says, well, if you did want to talk to someone, I'm right here. And let's be honest, I'm wasted. So I'm not going to remember. And he says, okay, good. Because I actually do have a lot of shit to say. He's like, I actually really do need to talk to someone. So this kind of works out for me. Yeah. He says, look, I thought killing Silas would help me move on with my life. But I was wrong. I spent my summer locked in the safe. One minute I think I'm fine. The next minute I feel like I'm dying all over again. And Catherine says, oh yeah, classic PTSD. Yeah, she's like, okay, so simple issue. Yeah. She says, you survived a pretty traumatic event and now you're back and you've got nothing but free time to just relive that terrible experience in the safe. Well, allow me to give your life purpose. Help me with one little favor. He says, I should have known this would come around to you needing something from me. And she says, I am just trying to help. But what would I know about PTSD? I only had my newborn ripped from my arms by my judgmental father and then had to run 500 years after my entire family had been slaughtered by a psychopath. But hey, that didn't have any lingering side effects. She's like, clearly I'm the one who actually knows about the drama you've been through. Like, Elena looks like nothing compared to me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Elena has had some trauma, but nothing like me, boy. Yeah. And she's like, and I've also dealt with it, unlike Elena. So I can give you some real tools. She gets up. And he says, all right, fine. What do you need? And then Nadia approaches and says, I thought you never wanted to see me again. Why'd you call me? And Catherine says, Stefan, I'd like you to meet Nadia Petrova, my daughter. And he goes, huh? Stefan said, uh, what? Then we go over to the party. It's in full swing, very popular. Jesse and Bonnie are talking to each other. And Jesse says, oh, your mom's like me too. And Bonnie says, yeah, long story, but she's surviving just fine. You'll be great. <laughs> she <laughs> she heard go over there for a minute. Yeah, but I guess she's fine. I mean, as fine as you can be. Not that she's telling Bonnie much. Yeah. Jesse says, your eyes keep scanning the room. Are you afraid I'm going to go vampire postal on the fourth floor freshman? I mean, a little bit. We have to be. I mean, I have to consider the possibility. I already bit two people today. I mean. It's not coming from nowhere. <laughs> when Carolyn's first day, she killed a guy. <laughs> so. And Bonnie says, sorry, I'm just looking for my. I'm not sure what he is, actually. And Jesse says, Boyfriend. Where are all the fucking single girls? He said, why do all you why do all you hot bitches have boyfriends? What's the point? <laughs> this is another thing of like weird with Bonnie and Jeremy as a couple of like we spend all this time on them, like hanging out, being in love. And she still doesn't know if she can call him a boyfriend. Yeah. Like, why have we been paying that much attention to them then? Yeah, I don't understand it. And then Jesse says, oh, friend with benefits. Ha ha ha. And she says, he's my best friend's little brother. He's still in high school. And I think I'm madly in love with him. And Jesse's like, well, I'm going to go. Jesse's like, well, I'm going to go talk to some other people. (laughs) Well, it was nice to meet you. (laughs) Good luck with your high school boyfriend, loser. (laughs) Eleni goes up to Caroline and says, oh, you've been keeping an eye on Jesse? And Caroline says, yes, I have been teaching him the art of sublimating vampire hunger with grain alcohol. And Elena says, and I sent Damon to question Wes. And Caroline says, "Mm, you realize Damon's going to kill Wes, right? And Elena says, he's not going to kill him. He's getting information. And Caroline says, you realize you're wrong, right? She has a point. Like, it is kind of Damon's MO to, like, question someone and kill him. And he was going to kill Wes. And later in the episode, Elena, like, confirms that she thinks he's going to. Yeah. (laughs) Elena says, okay, look, I know you're not crazy about Damon and I being together. And Caroline says, no. 
I'm fine with you two being together as long as you can acknowledge the kind of person you are together with. This is an issue with Elena of like, I think she sees a side of Damon that other people don't, but she needs to be able to say like, to like defend him. And like, if this is really a concern Caroline has, she has to be able to say like, no, I understand this concern and it's founded, but here's why it's not an issue and why our relationship is strong. Or Elena needs to be like, Yes, I do understand that him killing Wes is a possibility, but I've accepted that. Yeah. It's either you accept that that's a possibility and you've accepted that that might happen, or you know it's not a possibility and you're defending that. But I mean, based on Elaine's behavior, she knows that Wes dying is likely. Yeah. She doesn't really give a fuck. Yeah, she doesn't really care. And she doesn't want to admit that to Caroline because she knows that makes her look bad. Mm -hmm. But sometimes some people have to die. Which is sad, but But inevitable. inevitable. Then we go over, speaking of Wes, to his lab. Damon has tied him to a table. And Wes says, what do you want? And Damon says, what I want is to be drinking copious quantities of booze and making out with my girlfriend. But unfortunately, I can't do that until I get a bunch of answers out of you. He opens the fridge and he sees a bunch of vials. And Wes says, careful with those. And Damon says, oh, these? Oh, these ones? (laughs) He says, I'm taking these out. He says, why? I mean... We're on a college campus with students. I can't imagine an MD has a bunch of infectious diseases just laying around. And Wes says, MD, PhD, I'm a researcher. Boo. Boo. (laughs) Who cares? Who asked? It made me hate him even more. Not that I really have issues. Like, I don't have an issue with MD, PhDs. It's just like, of course you say that. Of course you say that with so much pride. Like an MD, PhD is like so rare in this world. Like, you're the only one who's ever earned one. He is, like, flipping his metaphorical hair. It's like, okay, we get it. And Damon has a similar reaction. Damon says, that explains it. I've met a lot of people like you. Science over medicine, right? Let me guess. You use these in your little vampire lab rats, don't you? And Wes doesn't answer that because he does. Because he does, and he didn't want to get called out like that. He was like, did you hear me say MD-PhD? Are you going to not mention how impressive that is first? I don't know if you know what MD-PhD is, but it's actually like pretty cool that I have that. It's actually like a medical doctor and a research doctor. And I got that because I'm really smart. So I've like done done it all. It's it's interesting. It's really actually interesting. And I'm young, too. I, I It's actually really young. <laughs> Damon, Damon's like, okay. Damon's is not in the mood to talk. Fair enough. We're going to play a little game where I inject you with whatever the hell necrotizing fasciitis is. And Wes says, well, that's a flesh-eating bacteria. Damon says, gross. (laughs) Damon says, so I'm going to do that. (laughs) I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. And if you answer me correctly, I'm going to give you some of my delicious vampire blood and we'll heal you up. If you don't answer correctly, we're just going to have to see how much flesh these little guys can eat. <laughs> he injects him with it. He's being so funny in this episode. I'm Damon it. really shines when he's torturing people. He really does. Yeah. When I don't care for Dr. Maxfield, obviously. So I'd love to see him yeah. be tortured in this way. Who does care for Dr. Maxfield? Just Aaron, apparently. I'm not even positive Aaron does. Yeah. Only by process of elimination because Aaron has no one else to care about. <laughs> then we go over to the grill. We're in the back room of the grill. Uh, storage area, whatever. The dry storage, yeah. <laughs> tomato <The> walk-in <laughs> yes. whatever there's somewhere in the back no, i was i was joking about all the places that are in the back of the restaurant i don't actually know where they are i think they're they the are in dry storage because they're not in a walk-in yeah doesn't it really would be funny if they were to walk in but it would be that's funny. me anyway they're in a storage room and matt's sitting in a chair catherine and nadia are there stefan's there and stefan says you know out of morbid curiosity which one of you two catherine and nadia is younger and they both say i am Stefan says, right, okay. Stefan said, okay, I don't know why I thought I would ask. It's like, I'm not going to ask a follow-up to that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm not opening this can of worms right now. 
Matt comes in and he says, okay, here's the knife the traveler left behind with me. Now, what are we doing in here? Catherine says, take a seat, Matt. She holds the knife. And Matt just sits down while she holds the knife. Like, what do you think is going to happen, buddy? Yeah. Catherine looks to Nadia and Nadia says, this is ridiculous. And then she goes up to Matt and goes, "Veet," which we know is the word they use when they want the passengers to wake up or whatever. It's like come forward or something. Yes. And we know it's coming out because Matt blinks. He opens his eyes. His eyes are black. He blinks again. Regular eyes. Gregory now. Yeah. Time for Zach Gorg's accent work to resume. Yeah, they gave him less lines, so they're like, oh, he's not getting better. His accent sounds good, but they did give him less to do. Yeah. And Stefan says, uh, what the hell was that? And Catherine says she's calling on Matt's passenger. Gregor comes to, and he talks in Czech. This does help Zach Warwick's accent, because it's in Czech. And he says, what am I doing here? Nadia says, it's okay, sweetheart. And then he gets up when he sees Catherine, and Stefan says, oh, easy. He pushes him down to the chair. (laughs) Catherine says, hello, Gregor. I'm Nadia's mother. It is a pleasure to finally meet you. Catherine says, I'm a mother, bitch. She gets into the role so fast. Gregor says, what do you want? And Catherine says, here's the thing. Nadia is my only child, so naturally I'm suspicious of anyone who wants to date her. Why don't you tell us the reason why you're in Mystic Falls? And he says, to track and kill Silas. Well, I've got good and bad news. I got good news. You're done. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The bad news is you missed it because no one was bringing you forth. That's the issue of, you know, having to be brought forth. No one was beating you out. Yeah. People aren't really speaking Czech in Virginia, shockingly enough. You don't run into someone saying Veet. <laughs> Catherine says, so it has absolutely nothing to do with this. It's the knife. And he reacts very big to it. So we know it does have to do with the knife. Yeah. Hey, Gregor, maybe hide that a little bit. Rain it in, King. Uh, he says, how'd you get that? Well, that's the problem with being a passenger. You're not aware of where everything is 24-7. So it's actually pretty easy to steal from you. Yeah, and number one, you left it on his person. Also, you told him, like, oh, this is important. Yeah. Dumb fuck. Maybe hide it somewhere in the house. And don't tell him on tape where, like, oh, I need this, by the way. My friends need this. Yeah. Thanks for watching. (laughs) So fucking stupid. This is deeply important and could be dangerous if I don't have it. Why would you tell him that? Gregor. Gregor. Nadia's picker is off. Catherine was right here. Like her mother before her, her picker is off. Stefan says, look, I would much rather be getting drunk right now. So why don't you stop wasting our time and tell us what you're doing here? Catherine holds the knife to his throat and Matt slash Gregor says, fine. After Silas was dead, I was meant to kill her. Catherine. Catherine says, I didn't see that one coming. Catherine's like, me? And Nadia says, you were using me to get to her? Why? Girl, you also used him to get to her. Whatever. (laughs) She says, why would you kill her? And he says, that's what the travelers want. I don't question my orders. Why do you think the travelers want Catherine dead? It's so funny. Sometimes you ask me a question. I'm like, why didn't I think about this before you said it? Uh, <laughs> why didn't I think to think? <laughs> why do they want to kill her? I think it's probably something to do with abandoning her baby and abandoning the travelers as a whole. Because we know she hasn't really interacted with them, but she clearly knows enough to get this passenger thing sorted out. And she does mention... Gregor's grandfather or her grandfather at some point. She mentions Nadia's grandfather, aka Catherine's father. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought it was. So she she mentions Nadia's grandfather. So I have to assume there's some issue with maybe her dad severing connections with the travelers. Well, we don't know that her dad severed connections with the travelers. We just know that she hasn't been a traveler. Yeah. So do you think they're mad at her abandoning the traveler line? I think mad at her for abandoning her daughter. And therefore, the traveler line, although we have to assume 
Nadia made her way back to the travelers somehow. So if Catherine's father took her, Catherine's father is probably the one who took her back or brought her to another traveler family. Something well, Catherine's like father was killed by Klaus. Yeah, but didn't he take the baby before then? He gave the baby to, he like gave the baby to someone else. So maybe he gave them to other travelers. That's a good guess. Or I'll say this, that it may be that the travelers want anyone who has ingested the cure dead. Just so that they can't cure future people. Yeah. There might be some balance in nature that travelers are looking for because they're a faction of witches of like, if there are people that have like cheated death by becoming a vampire and then cheated death again by becoming human, that it like causes too many, you know, shock waves or aftershocks in nature. And so if they kill her, that will end that cycle somehow. So you think it comes back to balance of nature somehow and that maybe Catherine has been cheating nature? Yeah, I think so, because they are a faction of witches. I mean, so it wouldn't just be Catherine they want to kill. So wouldn't they want to kill like everybody, all the vampires? No, I think it's like a traveler who is then cheating death in that way. Okay, so they're just they're kind of concerned about their own more than. Yeah, I think it's more of a closed society and their own. And I think that's why they wanted Silas and Tessa down of like they kind of started that whole thing. And now they're just kind of clearing up the shocks because there's also this, you know, the idea that Silas was immortal in a different way than being a vampire is that kind of divide between travelers and humans, you know, already. So I think they're more of a closed society kind of stopping it from affecting their bloodline. And they don't really care outside of their bloodline. Yeah. That's fair. Catherine says, see why I don't want you dating my daughter? Because travelers are ruthless, manipulative hypocrites. I know, because your grandfather was one. She stabs Matt, he passes out. So this is confirmation that Catherine's family was a family of travelers. We've made this assumption before based on the fact that Nadia is one. Mm -hmm. But now we have it confirmed. Exactly. Stefan says, hey, what did you just do? And Catherine says, give it a rest. Matt will be fine. Gregor, on the other hand, not so much. I just expelled his spirit. There's a reason he wanted this knife so badly. It's the only thing that will truly kill a passenger. Nadia is sad, even though she just felt betrayed by him. Well, and not for nothing, girl, like you're the one who stabbed him in the neck. I mean, that was much more violent than whatever Catherine just did. We go back over to Wes's lab. Damon says, turning a kid into a vampire so you can experiment on him? Hush. What is it about this place that turns people into mad scientists? Wes says, well, you know, human trials are a vital part of modern medicine. And Damon gets on the soapbox I've been on. Yeah, Damon says, yeah, but don't people usually volunteer or sign waivers or maybe get some dough for tuition? Yeah, like at least give Jesse an Amazon gift card. At least pay his tuition. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, you want to turn me into a vampire and experiment on me? <laughs> pay my tuition. Yeah. Wes says, you know, sometimes you do what's necessary for the greater good. You know, this is one thing. No, this is not exactly a correct guess. But this like... Is that eugenics thread, baby? Yeah, the eugenics thread was actually pretty close. Yeah. Damon says, look, I'm not the greatest guy in the world, but that sounds like some Mengele-level crap you're spouting out. Is that a science thing? Yeah, Joseph Mengele. I don't know exactly what he did, but let me look it up so I sound smart and you cut around this. I know. I want to leave that in. <laughs> I just should leave it in. Be funny. At least I know it's for his name. You knew it was someone, so it's fine. Known as the Angel of Death, he was a physician during World War II where he performed deadly experiments on prisoners at concentration camps. It's a really lighthearted joke Damon made. Yeah, really for fun. Good for kids. <laughs> Can you imagine being a mother and watching Vampire Diaries with your daughter? And they're like, who is Mengele? And I'm like, oh, fucking kill like, me, oh, dude. God. Can't I just watch these hot guys? I guess if they're in high school, they should know. That's true, actually. It's time to learn. Damon says, so I gotta ask, what is your greater good? 
Great question. Perfect question. One that Grace has been asking me for weeks. Yeah. Damon picks up another thing to inject and he says, rabies. Sounds fun, doesn't it? And appropriate given the circumstance. And then he injects Wes with it. Then we go back over to the party. Bonnie is talking to some girls on the floor. She's making new friends. But then unfortunately, she looks over to the side and she sees the old lady in the maxi skirt from earlier. We can tell she's on the other side because we see it in blue. And then Bonnie goes up to her in the corner of the room and says, hey, are you doing okay? And the lady says, am I on the famous other side? (laughs) She's so me. And Bonnie says, you are. What got you here? The lady says, I died, idiot. (laughs) And Bonnie says, no, I mean, what were you? And the woman says, I'm obviously a fucking witch. I'm wearing a maxi skirt. The woman says, do you see my fucking outfit and my hair? I mean, hello. (laughs) And then she says, oh, what are you? And Bonnie says, I'm the anchor to the other side. Every supernatural being who dies passes through me. And the lady says, that doesn't seem like it'd be a lot of fun for you. Bonnie says, better than being dead. (laughs) She's like, oh, I'm sorry. That was a very stupid thing to say. Better than being a dead old white hag. (laughs) The lady says, it's okay. You know, dying wasn't fun, but then you felt my pain. So I guess you would know that. But you know what? The pain's gone now. And seeing a friendly face over here certainly doesn't hurt. If this woman's in a good fucking mood. I know she's rocking with death. She's like, honestly, I was tired of it. I've had it. Jeremy touches Bonnie's shoulder and she like comes back to reality because he saw her talking to a wall. He doesn't connect the dots, though. (laughs) Yeah. Even though he's the one who used to talk to walls. So Yeah, I guess he was never seeing it from the outside before. He says, oh, sorry, I pretty much had to wrestle Elena to get her to give me these. And it's two jello shots. And he says, you okay?" And Bonnie says, yeah, I think I am. And Jeremy says, good. I'm going to need you to come with me. And she says, where are we going? And he says, to register for classes, whatever. (laughs) They go. Elsewhere, Caroline is dancing with Jesse. It's getting flirty and sexy. She deserves. And it's like, yay, good for her, good for Jesse. This day might turn around after all. That's just what we were thinking when Vicky was at the Halloween party. This day might turn around after all. (laughs) Caroline touches Jesse's hand and he says, that feels amazing. And she says, yeah, that's one of the other fun side effects. Like everything is heightened. And he says, that feeling never goes away. And she says, nope. So they're hitting it off. We go back over to Wes's lab and Damon says, well, rabies was a bust. I guess I'll find something a little more immediate. Wes says, you know, I wanted to turn Jesse into a new kind of vampire. And Damon says, well, that is awfully ambitious of you. And Wes says, well, I'm awfully smart. Not that smart because he got away. Yeah. And Damon says, oh, Ebola, because he found Ebola. As he says that, he like rolls up on the chair. He's having so much fun with it. (laughs) He's in his science bag. Wes says, you know, your kind is dangerous to humans because we're your food source. I want to change that. Back at the party, Jesse looks at Caroline and she says, what? And he says, last time I kissed you, you got all weird and it was awkward. And and then she kisses him. So they make out because she's like, I dumped my boyfriend, bitch. She said, I'm open. And at this point, now that Wes has said it, I'm like, oh, vampire blood. Yeah, he's going to feed on vampires. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh oh, (laughs) we go back over to the lab. Wes says, if vampires don't need to feed on humans, they're no longer a threat. Here's my question with this. I mean, I know I kind of touched on this already. Like, no, Jesse didn't kill Dr. Maxfield or Aaron, but he's still fed on both of them. And he says in this, I'm getting a little bit ahead of it, that he's like, they won't be satisfied by just that. So that doesn't mean they won't feed on humans. They just won't kill humans. It's like, that's not that much better, but I guess it's better than nothing. It's in the early trial stages. I also think the idea is that... Once he gets a taste of vampire blood, he kind of goes rabid. Okay. And at that point, he's no longer interested in humans. 
Yeah, and then it kind of eradicates vampires that way. So then the idea is that, like, basically, he just runs around killing as many vampires as possible. Now, if the sun's out, he might die. Yeah. And there's only so much you can do in, like, 12 hours. Well, and here's something. I might be getting ahead of myself. Okay. But we know the the Augustine vampire is the one they're going after that does this. And we are under the impression, or we might have been explicitly told, that the Augustine vampire is who killed Haley. Haley? You mean Megan? Is who killed Megan. <laughs> Haley. Haley Kyoko. <laughs> so wouldn't that imply that Megan was a vampire? That would imply that, but that's also implying that the Augustine vampire... I guess they, they, it seems like we, you know, we get into this later that there are multiple Augustine vampires and they're at different stages of drinking only vampire blood. I don't know if we can make the assumption that there's multiple Augustine vampires. Okay. We've only heard them refer to one Augustine vampire. And at one point, Wes even like calls that vampire Augustine. Okay. I think we might be under the impression that basically the Augustine vampire's blood is being engineered so as to be an injectable substance, which does not necessarily mean that the Augustine vampire feeds on other vampires. Okay. Just that the Augustine vampire's blood is like the resource they're using. There's a lot we don't know. I was just curious. I was just throwing out this question about Megan. It could be that Megan is a vampire. And that she just brought vervain water bottles to throw them off the scent. I don't know. I just, that's a question I had to ask because it came to mind. Fair enough. Damon says, you know, I'm not buying the good doctor bit. Wes says, human blood will only satiate Jesse temporarily until he gets a taste of what he really craves. So I think the idea is that... That basically human blood would be to this new vampire, what animal blood is to a vampire. They'll drink it if they have to, but they don't want to. Yeah. And I think the idea is that by making them this kind of vampire, they become rabid for vampire blood. Again, clearly there's some things that need to be worked out, which could say that maybe this is like one of the first few tries of this type of vampire, or maybe Wes is not as awfully smart as he thinks he is. Mm -hmm. Too soon to say. Yeah. Damon says, what exactly does he really crave? Connect the dots, Damon. Yeah. He's laying it out for you. Back at the party, Jesse and Caroline are making out. We see Jesse's veins appear, and then he bites Caroline's lip, and he does draw blood. And she says, ow, you bit me. And he turns away, and veins appear. And he's like, this is concerning. <laughs> yeah, he says, I don't like this feeling. She says, you okay? And he says, yeah, I just, uh, I have to get out of here. And he leaves. Yeah, he thought he was just slaying vampirism. He's like, what do you mean the bloodlust is crazy? I, I'm good. He's like, human blood does not appeal to me. I'm so good at this. <laughs> Elsewhere, Elena is handing out jello shots to the party. And then Aaron rolls up with his, like, hoodie sleeves around his hands. It's like, can you look a little less Eeyore-like? He's like that little emo kid from Horton Hears a Who. Yes, totally. <laughs> it, he always looks like Charlie Brown music is, like, playing in his head when he walks yeah. anywhere. Like... <laughs> That's what he looks like. Elena goes up to Aaron and Aaron says, okay, so this isn't the lamest party I've ever been to. Fucking asshole. Elena says, hey, Aaron, you made it. And he says, barely. I think I fell asleep. I just woke up. And she says, weird. Anyway, uh, this will make it better. It's a jello shot. He says, oh, now I know why Wes told me to stay away from you. First of all, how close do you think Wes is with her? And second of all, Elena, you better compel that memory out. Yeah, get to it. <laughs> um, they cheers their jello shots. And then he says, oh, you're trouble. It's one jello shot. She barely did anything. I hate him. I hate him so much. Um, (laughs) 
Aaron is a, a pretty universally hated character. I feel like I can okay, tell you good. that now. We've known him long enough. It's pretty easy to tell why. I mean, he's not he's not <laughs> long for this world. Let's let, let me just throw that out here. He's he'll be dead in five episodes. In five episodes? Okay. Within the next five. If he makes it to five through five more episodes, I'll be shocked. How do you think he's gonna die? Vampire. Which vampire? One we know? Not Elena. I don't really know who. Name one. Stefan. Let's go different. Okay. I think it's more likely going to be a new vampire that kills him somehow. Sure. Or one of these other ones locked up. I guess maybe Damon will be stressed with the experiments going on. So could be. That could be another thing. Although if Wes messes up the experiment so bad that he kills the kid he's the guardian for, then that's a whole new level of stupid. Yeah. And Elena says, oh, so hey, uh, how do you know Wes anyway? Good question. Yeah, great question. Aaron says, he's my legal guardian. Elena says, what about your parents? He says dead. She says mine too. Birth and adoptive. So I win, bitch. Yeah, she says, I have all four parents dead. You want to you try to get back at that? Because I can bring something else up. Yeah, you want to one-up me? Because I got more. My guardian's dead too, bitch. <laughs> so now this is confirmation that Wes is not Aaron's father. Yeah. Aaron says, oh, that's dark. No offense, but I'm usually the biggest freak in the room. Still, Still okay. <laughs> at least she looks hot. Yeah, at least she's a hot girl. <laughs> they sit down on the stairs. He says, how'd it happen? She says, Urkar went over a bridge. I lived, they didn't. You? He says, I was six. And we went camping. He said, we went camping. I said, okay. Say no more. <laughs> Writing's on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I woke up to the sound of my mom screaming. I went to check it out and I saw blood everywhere. They had bite marks all over their neck. They said a bear got into the camp because if you know anything about bears, it's that they love to bite necks. Yeah. <laughs> like, like be realistic. Yeah. And none of our snacks had been touched. <laughs> like when you were six, I get believing this, but at your big age, aren't you like, that's not really a bear's MO. And not to get like in this place, but he clearly has survivor's guilt. He seems like the type to really research bear attacks. Yeah. So I think he would know by now. You know, it's just, it could not more obviously be vampire things. I said his parents were killed by vampires. You well. did. That was kind of a layup, though, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think we know the vampire slash vampires who killed Aaron's parents? I do think we have to throw out the possibility of Damon. Where are you getting that guess from? Just, I mean, he's killed plenty of people in his time. They were camping near Whitmore, possibly near Mystic Falls, you know, like, it's, it's just something we have to consider. Because that sounds like something Damon would do. Just kill a random camping family, yeah. Yeah. And then maybe, you know, see Aaron and be like, oops, I don't want to kill him. Do you think he was just looking around for a snack or do you think it was targeted? I think he was just looking around for a snack. Although he doesn't, Damon doesn't really seem the type to go after a family. Maybe he didn't know there was a kid there. Yeah, I think he's more focused on couples. But there was probably two tents. Maybe the two of them were sitting out by the fire. Oh. And, this, and you know, he was in the tent asleep because he was six. Sure. Just, you know, it seems less likely that Damon would, like, leave a kid behind. Damon's MO is usually couples. And then, yeah, who knows why he left Aaron behind. I think if it was Damon, he didn't see Aaron. We'll see if we ever find out. Aaron says, so I shuffled around distant relatives for a while, but eventually Wes took me in. So Wes is the closest thing to family I have left. We don't know anything about the other distant relatives. Were they killed? Did they just hate him because he's so unlikable? <laughs> and they said, where's the, where's the other most unlikable member of our family? Yeah, and we still don't quite know what their relation is, if any. If there is a relation or if it's just like his teacher. They're just two blonde guys. Or Wes just saw him on the street and said, hey, you're blonde. Do you want to be my son? Said, hey, sad boy. You have a trust? I'll manage it. 
<laughs> and when you get it, oh no, that's crazy that it's all gone. <laughs> what? Who would do that? I was spending it all on samples of rabies for some reason. <laughs> I can't tell you why. <laughs> Elena says, wow, I think we both need another jello shot. I'll be right back. I'm glad you came. He says, me too. She leaves. Real fun party conversation, guys. Yeah. Caroline approaches and says, hey, have you seen Jesse? And Elena says, no, but Elena's like on the move somewhere. Caroline says, where are you going? And Elena says, I have to call Damon. I want to make sure he doesn't kill Dr. West. Because this confirms she's like, you know, I did think it was possible that he was going to kill him and I was fine with it. But now I would like him not to. Yeah. Then we go back over to the grill. Stefan's at the bar and he's having a drink and a guy comes like a little too close to him. And this kicks off a panic attack from Stefan. Grow me too. <laughs> Tell me about it. In there. So true. Get this man on Lexapro. This man needs a cocktail of medication. Yeah. He needs to try a bunch of stuff. A psychiatrist will make bank with him. Yeah. Stefan remembers drowning. And as he does this, he breaks his shot glass in his hand. And then just drops the bloody broken glass on the bar for the poor bartender to clean up. <laughs> Matt has to do it. And he's like, Steph. Matt's like, who the fuck? <laughs> Stefan goes out to the back alley, freaks out there. Catherine finds him. And he says, get away from me. And she says, okay, Stefan, you're okay, relax. Stefan says, I can't do that. Do you understand me? And he chokes her. And she's like, okay, let's let's stop that. He says, I'm a human now. <laughs> I can't just be <laughs> choked all the time. She says, listen, you have two options. Deal with this now or run, but either way, it's going to catch up to you. And then she says, Stefan, I can't breathe. He's still freaking out. And she says, okay, tell me the name of the first person you killed. Name him. Stefan says, Giuseppe Salvatore. Rest out of peace, Giuseppe. She says, next, focus on the name. He says, Thomas Fell. She says, see, you're in control. On solid ground, not drowning, not dying. Name them. He says, Honoria Fell, Mariana Lockwood, Christopher Gilbert, Margaret Forbes. And then he lets Catherine go. And she says, see, I told you I knew what I was doing because he's calm now. It's a grounding exercise. It's the same thing as like. Name five things you can see. Yeah. Counting to 10, any of the breath work. It's all in there. Dr. Catherine Pierce slays it. <laughs> Stefan says, thank you. And then Nadia comes out and she says, you were right. Gregor is dead. Happy now. And Catherine's like, I knew he was dead. What do you mean? Like, why did you need to figure it out? I could have told you that. I knew I was right. Yeah, that was totally fine with me. You hear what I said about the knife? <laughs> that was my intention. Yeah, that was the plan. I killed him. So I hope he's dead. <laughs> Catherine says, you deserve better, Nadia. Nadia says, rotten hell. Catherine says, okay. But we do see a shot of Catherine looking pretty affected by this. Mm -hmm. But she swallows it down because she's strong. Then we go over to the party. Elena is on the phone with Damon. And Elena says, Jesse feeds on vampires? And I will just throw this out. Since we're talking about feeding on vampire blood, I do have to mention the one time we have seen this before. Michael. Do you want to say anything about that? No. <laughs> I had a note that I realized after writing it was stupid. I said, is he Augustine vampire? <laughs> I mean, that's a guess. I guess he could have been, but he's, you know, he's dead now. And I feel confident that he remains dead. Mm -hmm. We have to consider that possibility that he made the choice to feed on vampire blood exclusively and was able to do that through sheer force of being horrible. Yeah. So through sheer force of hating his son, yeah. he decided to eat something no one else wanted. Yeah. So there has to, we just have to draw that parallel. I think that's a great point. Damon says, yeah, that's what Doogie said. And apparently, once he starts, he can't stop. And Elena says, hey, quick cue. Uh, the fact that he told you this means he's still alive, right? And Damon says, as of now. And Elena says, awesome. Please don't kill him. 
And then Damon doesn't say anything. She says, Damon, please tell me you won't kill him. Damon's like, what? He says, I really wanted to. Damon says, okay, I won't kill him. Bye. He hangs up. Then we stay with Damon in the lab and Damon turns to Wes and says, the problem is I know people like you a lot better than you realize. If I let you live, you're just going to do it again. You're going to turn another vampire, do another experiment. And Wes is like, damn right, I will. That sounds like me. Damon says the only way to really handle you is just to snuff you out. You're lucky I don't feel like burying a body. And you know what? Damon's right. Some people just got to be killed. Yeah. Damon unhooks some part of Wes's. I think he gets one hand out or something. I don't know. And he offers some of his blood to Wes. He cuts his own wrist. And that's where he leaves the scalpel. That's where Wes gets the scalpel later. It's all coming oh, back. I see. And Jesse enters and says, hey, what the hell did you do to me? To Wes. And Damon says, is he their killer? And Jesse says, it wasn't bad enough that you locked me up and poked me full of needles. He says, now I want to feed on the girl I like. And Wes says, you feed on monsters, Jesse. Not comforting, buddy. And then Jesse clocks that Damon has some blood on his wrist and his veins appear because he says, ooh, yummy. He said, ooh, something smells good in here. Yeah. And I know it's not the rabies, baby. <laughs> Jesse quickly runs to Damon, but Damon grabs Jesse's throat and says, in case Professor Forbes forgot to tell you in your training, sweetie, I'm a lot older than you, which means I'm a lot stronger than you. And Wes says, actually, that's not 100% accurate. <laughs> and Jesse pushes Damon like through the lab door. They fight. Jesse looks quite creepy with his veins. Yeah, because he gets like dark veins and his eyes get pretty red. Yes. That seems to be a distinction. And his teeth seem almost like bigger. Yeah. I don't know if I'm, if it's just a proportion thing. Yeah, his teeth are just big to start with. Yeah, who his, knows? his fangs look a little sharper. Yeah. Like, it does seem like they are making some distinctions here. Mm -hmm. And Damon says, what the hell did they do to you? Then Jesse bites Damon's neck and feeds. Elena sees them and runs up, but she doesn't do a vampire run. She just human runs, <laughs> which is funny. And Damon like cannot get him off his neck. Yeah. And Elena says, hey, Jesse, let go. And Damon says, he's going to tear my head off, Elena, please. And Elena listens to that. She quickly picks up a stake and stakes Jesse in the heart. To the point that I was like, oh, well, she would have only accidentally hit him in the heart. Like, she couldn't have possibly known this would happen. But I do think she, like, must have known. I mean, you know where the heart is. I mean, overall, it's a good thing for Elena to be, like, better with killing people. But it is shocking that she was really OK with this really quick. Yeah, no issue at all. As she's staking him, Caroline enters and sees this happening. She says, no. Jesse turns around, like, looks at them. Because he's, like, freaked out. Because, you know, this has been a hard day for him. He, like, didn't, didn't mean to do this. He's scared. He doesn't want to feed on vampires. He doesn't even know what's happening all the way. He barely understands what has happened to him. Exactly. Caroline says, Jesse, stay with me, please. But he dies. He gets gray and veiny. Yeah, we see the gray perking up, and it's pretty clear it's over for him. And it's like, well... Was well, a new transition. We haven't seen a bad transition in a while, and they're mm -hmm. much more common than the good ones. So Caroline cries. And this is also Caroline's first real bad transition where things were just getting out of hand because she was not plugged into the Vicky thing. And every transition since then has been like some growing pains, but mostly pretty positive. One, Caroline is used to being like a helpful person for these transitions and being able to talk people through things and being a part of the success. Mm -hmm. And so I think she also takes this as her own failure, even though it's, you know, she couldn't have done anything about this. Yes. And, you know, it's just another, I think, kind of, I think, blind spot of Dr. Maxfield of like, I understand they want a vampire that feeds on vampire blood and is like strong enough to beat other vampires. But that strength is a double-edged sword because then there's no way to stop what if it gets bad, which I think is what he's viewed as a positive, and I think there's a, a danger there of making them that strong out the gate, you know? Mm -hmm. He sees it as a positive because then, like, these kill more vampires. 
Yeah, I guess. That's what he wants him to do. Feels like that's more monster behavior than the other ones, but who am I? <laughs> but the problem is, is that the monster behavior is toward other vampires and not toward humans. Yeah. So he's like, then it's not my problem anymore. Yeah, that's true. Elena holds Damon and Caroline looks at Elena and she's like, what did you do? And Elena says he was going to kill Damon. And Caroline says, but we promised we would help him. And Damon says she didn't have a choice. Once he had a taste of vampire blood, there was nothing stopping him. Go ask Dr. Frankenstein. I'll go deal with him. And Damon walks off. And to be fair, Damon and Elena have more information from Dr. Maxfield than Caroline does at this point. Yeah. So it's harder for her to swallow that there really was nothing they could have done but kill him. Especially because for Caroline, she's like, well, you know, he bit some vampire blood and it probably, you know, it tasted like vampire blood. Like she knows what vampire blood tastes Mm -hmm. like and was like, yeah, but like he wasn't going to kill Damon. Like it's vampire blood. Why would he kill a vampire? Like, I don't think she has that same connection. And she's also probably like, well, he's a new vampire. Even if he wants to feed on vampires, he's young, you're old, you're stronger than him, even though that's not true. But she doesn't know this yet. Caroline looks at Jesse and Elena says, Caroline, I'm so sorry. Caroline says, yeah, me too. Because the Elena I used to know would have given Jesse a chance. And I do think this is fair for her to be upset about. But I also think like if Elena had staked Jesse in the arm, it wouldn't have taken him down. Could she have snapped his neck? Probably. She might have pulled out some of Damon's neck with it. They would still have some issues with teaching a vampire that they have no expertise in. Yeah. Who's stronger than them, who wants to actively hurt them. And I think it is also this like fear that Caroline has had forever of like Elena changing too much that she hasn't really touched on in a while. But that like now she's with Damon. She's like, I don't want you to turn into Damon because Caroline has had plenty of issues with Damon. And this is such a Damon move to so quickly kill someone like no issue, which has never been something Elena's done. Yeah. Then we go back over to the grill. Stefan is drinking and he's closing out his tab. And then he sees a note in a checkbook that says, Dear Nadia. So he takes it out and reads it. He's like, I guess I'm Nadia. Catherine reads it to us in a voiceover. She says, Dear Nadia, sorry I had to kill your boyfriend, but it was the motherly thing to do. Suicide, however, not very motherly of me. We see that Catherine is standing on the clock tower in the town square, ready to jump. Classic Catherine to go out making a scene. Yeah. She continues in voiceover. She says, I ran from my enemies for 500 years, and then one day I stopped. Now a new enemy wants me dead. Sure, I could run from the travelers, but there's still one enemy that I can never escape. Time. Ain't that tea? Really poetic that she's jumping from the clock tower. She had a thought. The theme is clear. She starts to jump, and then she kind of wusses out. The wind kind of pushes her back. She continues in voiceover. So call it pride or vanity, but after the life I've had, I refuse to drift off into the sunset. Goodbye. She falls off the clock tower, but just before she hits the ground, Stefan catches her. Yeah, I was like, Stefan's catching her. She's not dying today. Yeah. I was like, no, (laughs) this is not going to be how it happens. He says, what are you doing? And she says, I told you, you either face your problems or you run. I chose option three. And he says, and what problem has you jumping off a clock tower? And she says, I'm dying, Stefan, dying of old age. The cure did something to speed up the entire mortifying process. She cries a little bit. And he says, hey, he touches her face. He says, you're Catherine Pierce. Suck it up. He walks off. She watches him go. She smiles. She's like, you know what? I'm going to stay alive because it appears... We're entering Stathrin territory, and we barely had any Sterline, and now we're, we're abandoning Sterline again? I'm actually pumped to see some Stathrin. I love Stathrin. I know you do. I love her because she literally looks longingly up at the clock tower like, man, all I had to do was almost kill myself to get him to fall in love with me? That shit was easy. Yeah. Then we go to some bedroom somewhere. Maybe it's a hotel room. It's impossible to say. Bonnie is lighting candles. 
lighting candles with matches. <laughs> yeah, with matches. She says, I admit it. I miss magic because she loves lighting a bunch of candles at once. She's gotten used to having like 40 candles going at any given time. And she's like, damn, this is really hard. This is not sustainable without witchcraft. <laughs> he says, step away from the candles. They kiss. He lays her on the bed. They start to take their clothes off. They're clearly about to have sex. And then she sees Jesse and Jesse looks scared. Yeah, because he, he's had a scary little couple weeks. Bonnie says, oh my God, I think Jesse is dead. And Jeremy says, what? Who's Jesse? Bonnie goes to him and Jesse says, I'm not ready. I don't want this. But he touches her. He disappears. She screams in pain. And Jeremy says, what? Jeremy <laughs> says, what the fuck? <laughs> she says, Charlie Horse. Just kidding. She owns up. She says, I'm the anchor to the other side, Jeremy. Every supernatural being that dies has to pass through me. And Jeremy says, how often does that happen? She's silent because she's been doing it for like two days. She doesn't really know yet. Yeah, she's like, eh, whenever someone dies, it's yeah. not like an exact science. He says, why didn't you tell me? And she says, I'm back here touching you. We knew there would be consequences. Just kiss me. He does. And he's like, okay, that's enough. He says, fine. She says, you and me, this is worth it. Any consequences worth this? Really? Any. Any. This? She lays down. They go back to sex. Jesse dying could not ruin the mood. You know what? Slay. You got to have sex somehow. Got to do it, girl. We go back to the dorm. Elena and Caroline are cleaning up. And Caroline says, look, I'm sorry. I didn't mean what I said earlier. It was out of line. It just sucks because, you know, Jesse was one of the good ones. Because she's the bigger person. And she respects that even though this hurt her, like she understands why Elena had to do it. it but she's just saying, you know, I just really hate that it had to go down like that. Mm -hmm. And Elena says, I know. And I wouldn't have killed him if I could have done something. But he was dangerous. I need you to believe that. Um, Caroline doesn't say anything. And Elena's like, I really need you to believe what I'm telling you. And Caroline says, look, I believe you. I believe you want to celebrate the fact that we can go to school and function like regular freshmen. I get that. I want that, too. But Elena, when are you going to figure out that the outside world is not nearly as dangerous as the person you're inviting into your own bedroom? I mean, I would call the outside world a little more dangerous at this point, given yeah. the situation, but I get what she's saying. But Caroline does not have any experience with sides of Damon that are very good. Well, I think there is this, you know, push to not kill people ever. And Damon is a lot more flexible on that topic. Mm -hmm. Some might argue too flexible, but there is a, a, a line between like, yes, it's not ideal to kill this person, but if we have to pick one, killing is the better option. Like it might be a tighter divide than usual, but sometimes you have to make that call. Well, I think also Caroline was like, we're going to college. We're not going to have to do any of this bullshit anymore. And we're just going to get to hang out with each other. And now instead, they're at college where everyone knows about vampires. And Damon keeps fucking showing up. She's like, I've had it. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I don't even have my own boyfriend to distract me from this anymore. Like, I just can't do this. When it was this idea that it would be fun to have like, this new vampire to train and like they have an even bigger like vampire group that then they can all hang out and experience this together. You know, it's just a community of it, you know? And she was excited that the boyfriend she had, she wasn't going to have to tell him she was a vampire. Yeah. She could fix him. I mean, let's not unpack all that. Yeah. Elena says, okay, wow. Why don't you tell me how you really feel? And Caroline says, the day that I stop telling you is the day we're no longer best friends. And I hope that day never comes. And she walks away. She's like, I want you to, no, I'm anti-Damon. Still am. And- if it comes around, then I'll, it'll come around, but it hasn't yet. Yeah. You go back over to the lab. Damon is packing everything up, and Wes is, like, wriggling himself loose. Slowly He's but He's got surely. the scalpel on the, the tubing. Mm -hmm. 
Wes says, you know, if you're going to do this, I'd much rather prefer a bullet through the brain. Yeah, I bet you would. Yeah, that's duh. We all would. Yeah. Now we have rabies, though, so a little too late for that. Damon says, actually, I'm going to wait to compel all this out of your head. And then Damon finds a blood bag and says, what the hell is that? And he looks at it. He says, why does this say 12144? And Wes says, why do you care? It's just a number, dude. And Damon says, because I was 21051. And Wes says, 21051. Hang on, you were an Augustine vampire? See, this is why I thought there were multiple Augustine vampires, because he says this. I think that makes sense. Okay, because you told me there weren't at the beginning of the episode. I said that it's implied to us that there aren't. Multiple things are implied to us. I forgot he said this line. I just want to say that's why I thought that. That's okay. (laughs) There are brief flashbacks, and Damon says, Augustine, I haven't heard this name in decades. Vampire lab rats, coded subject names. I thought you guys shut down 60 years ago. So it's interesting because we've been dealing with the Augustine thing. And it's like, has no one said the word Augustine to Damon? I guess not. I guess they just said secret society. Secret society. And, you know, when they were finding out about this Augustine stuff, Damon was still very much like focused on Silas. Yeah. Because this was like a Catherine and Caroline caper. Escapade. Yeah. (laughs) Wes says, you thought wrong. We definitely didn't shut down 60 years ago. (laughs) Damon closes the fridge and says, you know how I said I wasn't going to kill you? I lied. He prepares an injection of something, but Wes has gotten loose. He breaks loose. He basically Naruto runs. <laughs> and Damon's a little bit distracted. He notices Wes running. So Damon tries to run out the door rather than run after Wes. But before he can get there, Wes hits that button from earlier that ends up spraying Vervain out of the fire sprinklers. Super not up to code, but very slay. Yeah. If there's ever a fire in this building, they're in trouble. It's over. Damon falls to the floor and Wes confirms he says, atomized vervain. When working with vampires, you can never be too careful. I'm sure Augustine will be thrilled to have you back. We go into the cells. Damon comes to like in a cell. We have to imagine the cell that Jesse was talking about. He has a couple more brief flashbacks of like blood in his eyes. He sees on the wall, it says DS53, which implies that this was Damon's cell in 1953. Mm -hmm. And that's where we end the episode. So let's talk about Augustine. So Wes does say you were an Augustine vampire, which implies that any test subject is an Augustine vampire. Wes also says, I'm sure Augustine will be thrilled to have you back. Could be the society. Could be a name of a vampire. Knowing what we know now, what are your thoughts about Augustine in general? The society? Or do you want me to speak about it like it's a vampire? Speak about it in whichever way you want to. Well, I do think there is a vampire named Augustine. Okay. But it's like the Augustine vampire. Like capital V. The Augustine vampire is Augustine and Augustine vampires are his like henchmen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think any Augustine vampires who's like been a test subject specifically that they get like his blood mm-hmm. somehow. But Augustine is like the source of the blood. Yes. Or I think, well, they have different numbers. So I think in this test subject process, when you become like an Augustine vampire, you can eventually use that blood to turn people. I don't know how that works, but... To turn people... Yeah, to turn people to vampires or do what we saw Dr. Maxwell do with this blood where he feeds this blood and it makes them want vampire blood. Mm-hmm. Which might just be that he's feeding the vampire blood and there's nothing special with the blood beyond that, you know? I've asked you this before. How many subjects do you think he has actively right now? Okay, so like in the cells? Yeah, in the cells. 25. 25. I feel like that's either way too high or way too low. So I'm going to cut. It's, defi- the it's definitely one of those two. Um- <laughs> <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know which one it is. 
<laughs> I'm, okay, I'm inclined to think that's too high. I feel like that was a mistake to say. <laughs> I should have not said either. Whatever you think. Sometimes I make a guess when you don't make me make a guess and then it's wrong. And I'm like, why did I even say that? You didn't even ask me. <laughs> so, you know, we've talked about this before. Do you think they are mostly... So Jesse said he was in a cell during the day and experiments were done on him at night. Do you think that's the schedule all the vampires follow? Or do you think, as you've said before, that some of them get to hang around campus? Yeah, I think some of them get to hang around campus. But I think if they're hanging around campus, they're less active test subjects. Sure. Because I think the active, like, in testing, they're keeping them sequestered. Sure. But I don't think it necessarily sticks with day and night because, well, although where the fuck would Dr. Maxfield get a daylight ring? He could know a witch. Yeah. But how does Wes then entice these vampires to be loyal to him? Probably by giving them, you know, providing them blood and providing them a safe place to hunt people that he will cover up deaths as they come up. So who are they hunting? Is he turning vampires to feed the other subjects? So who gets to be a test subject and who gets to be a victim? Well, I meant more that they, like, if they accidentally kill a human, because we have to keep going back to Megan. But he doesn't want them to kill humans. Well, but they did. He covered it up still. Well, then why wouldn't he just keep them in the cell? Why is he letting them roam free if there's a chance they could kill a human? It's like the one thing he doesn't want them to do. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) Well, we've seen that the vampires can't escape his his camp. I mean, or they can't escape or he let them out. We don't know. Just because it would have been foolish to let them out doesn't mean he didn't. (laughs) He didn't. Yeah. Do you think we are going to meet Augustine, the main Augustine vampire? Yes. What are your expectations for Augustine? Male, female? What's the vibe? Accent, no accent, hot, ugly? Now that I've thought of Michael, Michael's in my head. Okay. So I'm thinking middle-aged man, kind of weird looking mm-hmm. fella. What if it was Paul Wesley again? <laughs> that would be funny. No, this one's Damon. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm picturing? I'm picturing like creepy, but like almost hot, like a Skarsgård. Sure. Yes, totally. I don't think an actual Skarsgård is playing him. I want to clarify that, but I think he's going to give Skarsgård vibes. A Bill Skarsgård type. Yes. So Damon's in a cell now. Do you think he's going to get the Jesse treatment? Do you think he's going to want to kill vampires? I mean, I do think he's going to get the Jesse treatment and that there will be some level of tests because we already know he probably has a rich data source that he's already given. So they kind of know who they're working with off the Mm -hmm. top. I don't know if they'll be able to fully transition him to like as rabid eating vampires or like feeding on vampires Mm -hmm. as Jesse. That might take more pushing because there's like some kind of unlearning that has to go with it. But also like they've probably gotten more effective at like how to make people do this. I mean, mm-hmm. so I think he's in danger of that, but I do think Damon's crafty. He can get out of some situations. Mm-hmm. And he, because he's kind of a jokester, I think people do underestimate him. I think Wes Maxfield specifically will underestimate him because I think if you're Wes, you think Damon's an idiot. Yeah. Which isn't untrue, but it's not worth treating him like an idiot. Yeah. I will say this also about Wes and Augustine. Because, you know, we saw Wes essentially being like, Elena, leave campus. Like, get off of here. It doesn't super make sense to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I understand getting rid of vampires that are feeding on humans. I get that's a danger. But don't you need some vampires for your vampires to feed on? Yeah. Or I guess maybe they're all feeding on each other. They're just having a little party down in those cells. We have to assume if he's experimenting on vampires, he wants to keep them weak. So even though he's breeding them to feed on vampire blood... He doesn't want to give them a bunch of vampire blood so they can break out and kill him or, you know, or they can break out and be uncontrolled. So maybe he is like rationing their blood while they're under his care. Because he diluted Jesse's blood for the first like two weeks. I know that he was compelled to forget that 
Elena and Caroline are vampires. But do you think he's going to also capture them? Or do you think he do you think he only wants men? Because we've only seen him have men test subjects so far. You think he's a misogynist? So I don't think he'll really be capturing Caroline and Elena. But I do think like Elena will be looking for Damon. Mm -hmm. Walk right into a trap. Yeah. Like, I don't think they'll all get trapped. But I do think, you know, Elena's going to be looking for Damon. And I think getting Caroline along to look for him is going to be a little bit harder of a push. And if only Bonnie were a witch. Although if she's on the, if she's technically on the other side, I wonder if she can kind of hop between places. I, I doubt it. But I think because of her physical foothold, she has to behave. Within the physical confines. That's what I yes. was thinking. But yeah, I do think Elena's going to go searching for Damon. And that may end in her getting captured. She may end up in a cell. And then once again, Caroline has to save the day. Or, you know, Stefan might look for his brother. I kind of doubt it because Damon didn't look for his brother. If he gets past his PTSD. Here's my other discussion point. We see flashbacks. We're told that Damon used to be an Augustine vampire. And based on the number in the cell, we can think he was there in 1953. Do you think we will see flashbacks? When do you think he was there? How long do you think he was there? How do you think he got out? So I do think we'll see flashbacks. I think we're going to get a good picture into how he was tested on. I will point out that I think him getting out of the situation is the reason he turned his humanity off, as he mentioned in the 70s. I think that's a fair point. That something crazy turned his humanity off. So I think from that, he'll probably be in there through the 60s, pretty much. Okay. Very American Horror Story Asylum of him. That being said, I do think Damon escaped. How do you think Damon escaped? I think, well, okay, he thought they closed down 60 years ago, which yeah. 60 years ago would be in like in the, 60s. the 70s. It's about 2014, 2015, I think, where we are. So minus 60, okay. So it would be like 1955. Okay, so maybe he was only there in the 50s, but that means he left his humanity off for a while, but whatever. I think he... Whenever he or maybe some of the other vampires were able to kind of overwhelm their captors and get out or kill a bunch of their captors or something like that. Or it could be, too, that for a while it looked like they lost funding and they let a bunch of vampires out. Do you think there are other former Augustine vampires out in the world that Damon has lost touch with? Or do you think there's some that he might be able to call upon? I think he probably hasn't been in contact with them, but he could. It's Mm -hmm. also unclear, you know, he clearly remembers this once they say Augustine, but he hasn't really mentioned this. Mm-hmm. And with the medical testing, you would think he would like get there on his own. So it might be that there's some level of like- He's blocked it out. Or like compulsion, compulsion of getting it out. Yeah. You know, if the Augustine vampire is feeding on vampire blood, it's not like a crazy jump that he could maybe compel other vampires. That's a good point. Do you think Stefan knows this happened to Damon? No. I think Stefan was busy focusing on himself and- He went to World War II at this point. And then he was in Mystic Falls in the 50s. So maybe, you know, I've thrown out a lot of guesses of that clip of Stefan in the 50s because I know we're going to get back to it at some point. You're really attached to that clip of Stefan in the 50s for some reason. Because I just feel like that is such an easy story to tell because he looks so creepy in that shot. He looks so creepy in that shot. Yeah, the story there was that he's a vampire. (laughs) He told it. I think there's more to it than that. We'll see. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying the Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, you can tell your friends and give us a five-star rating and review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.